two uh, well, global pariahs really got together for lunch in Russia. Vladimir Putin welcoming Kim Jong Un to Russia's spaceport for a summit that a summit that the U.S. said could and everybody expects set up a deal to supply ammunition for Russia's war in Ukraine, a war which yesterday Kim vowed full and unconditional support for. So let's find out what's going on. Dr. Elliot Tepper is a distinguished senior fellow at the Norman Patterson School of International Affairs at Carleton. Dr. Tepper, thank you for joining us. Appreciate your time. Oh, thank you, Shay. It's nice to be back with you. Yeah, it's always great. Um, so part of me is still trying to grasp the concept that North Korea might actually be in a position to help out another country anywhere on <laughs> Earth. But that's what's going on here, right? They have something that Russia really needs. Yes, this is kind of a uh, an easy connection in a way. You could say that Russia desperately needs ammunition and missiles and and uh, more war supplies because they're running so low after pummeling uh, Ukraine for so long. And uh, North Korea needs money, and it turns out they do have a lot of exactly what uh, Russia says they want right now. Russia has. Uh, has been using their ammunition and their munitions and their artillery pieces at a great rate. Uh, we've got startling figures, 11 million <laughs> shells fired in a yeah. short time and so forth. So, But it turns out North Korea has a very large production capacity in precisely that kind of equipment because it's based on the same principles as uh, Russia's long ago. The Soviet Union communist allies of communist North Korea have shared technology. So whatever they have now, and which is a lot, in North Korea can be interoperably used immediately by Russia in its illegal war of aggression against its neighboring state, Ukraine. Now, of course, this would violate all kinds of international sanctions and all the rest, and people talking about that. That, that, that doesn't matter at this point, does it? I mean, we're not worried about that uh, if you're Russia or North Korea. We have uh, an interesting situation. North Korea took along a whole uh, senior slate of people, several of them on, uh, individually, individually named for sanctions. No, Russia has signed on to the United Nations yeah. sanctions against against North Korea, but now they were saying essentially, well, that was then and this is now. And so circumstances have changed. They are trying to lay some kind of vaguely legalistic reasons for violating sanctions. But make no mistake, this is a sanctions-busting uh, trip and agreement between two pariah states. And it, uh, it, right now, Russia is in such desperate need of this kind of these munitions, and North Korea is so willing to cooperate that, yes, they'll move on. It's a potentially if you want to stand back a little bit from it, this is a deepening of a relationship now. Mm -hmm. uh, they um, I've been calling this the the deepening of relationship of the autocracy front. Right, <laughs> so, yeah. What's happening here is that uh, North Korea and Russia have a, had a long and deep uh, relationship, a bit rocky, depending on the era, going back a very long way. But what's going on now is Russia has not only, again, stepping back, gone now to uh, North Korea, but they've also gone to Iran. So we have 
pretty well the same kind of things on offer, although the details vary. And the details can be very, very consuming or concerning to us as to what Russia is willing in exchange right, yes. to provide to North Korea and what are they going to provide to Iran. And uh, as we know, Russia has advanced technologies in nuclear matters and missiles. Uh, the Iranians are per- apparently providing their Shahid uh, drones, those very effective drones, mm-hmm. are going to be manufactured in Russia and upgraded. And right now, going back to North Korea, since we're talking about them, North Korea is also uh, hoping to get an upgrade on their nuclear capacity in terms of their submarines, advancing that. They want it's, it, the meeting was held at the Cosmodrome. This is where Russia launches its uh, stuff into right? space. Yeah. And so the, the, that's very symbolic because uh, Kim wants, wants much better satellite uh, reconnaissance technology. His are not, it's not working for him. It's been failing. So the possibility of a sharp upgrade in the technology provided by Russia, inimical to everybody's interest, involving not only North Korea and Russia, but Russia and Iran, that's what's going on before us. And like you say, the, the autocratic front or, or authoritarian front, I mean, that's what it is, right? I mean, they, they all share a common enemy in the quote-unquote West and, and the United States, and, that, and, and so that's sort of, you know, I, I guess that's what they have in common. That's the starting point here for all of this, correct? Yes, and us too, of course. We're part True, of exactly, that. anybody, yeah. And, so, and, and if North Korea does want to fire one of their ICBMs, nuclear-tipped, hydrogen nuclear-tipped weapons over uh, and at the U.S., which is what they're threatening, it would fly over Canada, just as a reminder. So, yes, what we have is Russia is fighting a, a long, drawn-out and costly war, which they thought was going to be an instantaneous and cheap war against Ukraine. They have failed repeatedly in that. There's a stalemate, basically. The Russians cannot advance despite depleting a lot of their armaments, which they are now trying to get. And by the way, what that means is that the West is supplying uh, NATO quality armaments <laughs> against North Korean quality armaments. That may not be an equal trade, but the uh, but the fact is that Russia has launched a war against uh, it's against the established order, yeah. backstopped yeah. by China, and that is not going well for them. They're in desperate need of supplies, and that's how they're creating uh, the additional equipment that they need to carry on what has so far been a failing war. In Ukraine, you mentioned China, and I'm wondering. We know Ukraine uh, would not be fighting this battle on their own for as long as they have. They have massive support from all of the NATO countries, including the United States. Um, as you say, China. We don't know how extensively they are involved. Could North Korea be serving as a proxy between China and Russia, and uh, additional support from China be funneled into Russia that way? Yes, that's a very. Uh very penetrating question because one of the possibilities is yes china which has a much much larger economy than russia and is much more deeply engaged globally it's uh, it's it's in the global market in a way that russia is not so sanctions busting for china is much more of a threat yeah. could they get around that uh, as you've suggested, by providing things quietly to North Korea, which China then, uh, uh, North Korea would re-export basically Chinese assistance to Russia. And the answer to that is, is it would be very risky. Okay. If they get caught doing that, then they come under sanctions regime. That's probably something they would like to avoid. They will try to find other ways to assist. 
they certainly have been helping Russia diplomatically, fending off all kinds of, you know, this is a war of illegal aggression. This is challenging a country's sovereignty to eliminate it by changing their national borders and absorbing Ukraine. This is something you'd think Russia or China would be very uh, against. But on the other hand, they are really providing diplomatic cover. They are buying a lot of that oil that um, from Russia at a discount on long-term contract, uh, which fuels and pays for the Russian war machine. They are providing crucial assistance. But so far, we have not, no one has detected actual military assistance, which would put their economy at threat. Okay. Um, Ultimately, what does this say about the conflict in Ukraine, which has now ground on for well over a year? Um, Does this fundamentally change things? If this supply of weaponry from North Korea does suddenly appear in, in Russia, does it change the dynamic of the way that this war is unfolding? Another excellent question, Shay. The uh, answer to that is it will certainly assist Russia to carry on as it has been. The reckoning is that it will fill in the gaps because Ukraine has been very effective using Western yeah. technology to destroy a great deal of the howitzer-type artilleries and so forth. So this is going to be a fill in the gaps, a backfill of what they're currently missing. And therefore, the best reckoning is it won't be a game changer for the war. But extend it, but probably not tip the scales in any way. Yes, Ukraine, Ukrainians, there will be, as the U.S. Uh, has been pointing out, anything that helps kill innocent Ukrainians uh, is anathema to the U.S., and they're opposing what we are talking about today, this relationship, increasing relationship, and so, telling Russia, telling North Korea, do not do that. If you do that, there will be consequences. Yes, this this war, this terrible war is going to grind on. And one of the key concerns right now is that Mr. Putin will win his gamble that he can outlast the West, the unity of the West, the unity of NATO. Right. And it isn't just the West. Remember, Japan has been a, a big supporter, not, not militarily, but a big backer of the idea that you have to stand against autocracy. And keeping in mind that the relationship between Japan, Korea, and uh, Joe Biden's America, which was just cemented, this was aimed as much at, at uh, North Korea, because that's their neighbors, right? Sure, of course, yeah. <laughs> so, so there's a North Korean element to a lot of the geopolitics going on involving Ukraine and Russia. The leader of, um, of Japan has said, what's happening in Ukraine today could happen to us tomorrow. We all have to stand together. Basically, you know, the democracies have to stand together yeah. against the the uh, autocracies yeah. and authoritarians of the world. Yeah, it's a, it's a stand for liberal democracy around the world. Uh, Dr. Tepper, as always, thank you so much for your insight. I appreciate it very much.